Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to well, I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick old trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drunk. Well, here we are on Radical Australia, Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast later on in case you think it's interesting. You want to hear it again on 3cr.org.au. If you call the play, it is podcast. Her Royal Empress, Dale Bridge, is with us. How art thou, Dale? I'm, I'm here. You actually look a bit better today. Oh, thanks, mate. Considering us two, I think we'd make a quarter of a human being at the minute, <laughs> you and me, at the minute, you know. About yeah, 25% of a human being, that <laughs> means 12.5% we're here. <laughs> All right. Now, we do have a very a special guest in the studio. Every guest is special, especially Sir Kenneth Mooney. Good afternoon, Sir Good Mooney. Af- good afternoon, darling. Good afternoon, Mooney. Now, Ken... This is something you've been dreaming of in your miserable life. <laughs> having, having almost an hour to talk about yourself. I mean, this is, this is just joy for you, isn't it, Ken? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see how well, we go. Well, let's see how we go. Yeah, well. My life takes about two seconds to talk about, I think. <laughs> well, well, Ken. That's what they all think. That's what they all think. That's right, Dale. Now, Ken, just don't be rude because I ask the questions, you answer them. It's that simple. <laughs> now, there's only two questions we ask. First question, just to orientate our listeners, not that we care, what year were you born in? 44. 19... 1944. 1944. Not 1844. 1944. 1944. That's right. That makes you pretty old. I'm young. At least 72, 73. 73. That's amazing. It is, isn't it? And you walked all the way from sunshine to here. No, I ran, actually. You ran. Oh, that's very nice. That's very nice. That's After I started up no, the car. Short of breath. I thought you were short of breath because you had heart failure, but that's a different matter. Now, the second question, which you can take all the time in the world to, to answer, is, and I'm sure you know the second question, what's the earliest thing you remember? What's the earliest thing I remember? Mm. Um, I remember getting very cold on the beach. Right. And um, I remember... My father used to, he had polio, mm. and he used to piggyback us. It was, uh, and no, I've got early memories of that too, because right. it was a pretty bumpy ride. It was a bumpy ride. So your old man was part of that generation where we didn't have immunisation against polio. That's right. I mean, people don't seem to understand that in the uh, 40s and 50s and the 30s, there was a mortality and morbidity uh, associated with polio. It was a really serious thing. That's right. You'd, you'd wake up one day, you're a normal kid running about, and the next day you'd wake up paralysed. I think he, he got polio at a very early age, and mm. he was in 
<coughs> there was some sister, and I forget her name, right. who was um, who yeah. was she was the had, goddess of that. Yes, time. that's right. And yeah. um, had a, a very uh, I've forgotten her name too, but she had a very intensive physio <coughs> program. For that's the kids. right. Mm. And um, he was one of her patients, so he was very lucky. Did he? Was he? What was his name? Mel, uh, Albert, he hated it. Albert Melvin Mooney. He called himself Mel Mooney. Mel Mooney, not Albert. No, oh no, I used yeah. to, I used to sing out, hey Albert, yeah. he'd, he'd I'd whack get you. dirty looks. Did he? Yeah. And I loved that. <laughs> what type of dad was Albert? <clears throat> he was a very, very good dad. He was very active politically. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, and so was my mother. Yeah, we'll and, talk about her in a minute. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, they were very active politically and um, th- he came from a political family yeah. and... Uh, yeah. And um, so uh, it was born in in me, I think. Right. So. Well, maybe it's not genetic. They tell me. So, what type of um, a disability did your father have with the polio? It was in his left leg. Right. So he had a weak left leg. Yes. Did he he had a built-up boot. Right. Um, in the finish, he didn't for years. He right. he was a carpenter, right. and he used to. Go up and down heights, and Everything and then he there. got dermatitis, and he had to give it away. But he right. was he was running up and down buildings right, with right. polio. Mm. Did you have any brothers and sisters? I had one sister. Is She's she, three years older than is me. Is she still alive? Yes, she is. And was she the terrible type of sister when you were a kid? Oh, oh, he says. No, no, yeah. she was a bit bossy. I had two mothers. Yeah, right. Yeah, two mothers. Two mothers, yeah. There's only three years difference. You must have been very well, bossy. Well, she was very bossy. What's her name? Jill. Jill, and she's retired now, is she? I'd say so, yes. What do you mean you'd say so? Yes, she Haven't, haven't you spoken to her? <laughs> well, <coughs> I have spoken to her, but... Don't tell me we're coming to... Walking on eggshells here. <laughs> no. I mean, at your age, you should have reconciled you and your sister. No, she's um, she 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 was very bossy. We used to go to school together, and we'd catch a bus, mm-hmm. and um, she used to clock me or hit me across the ear roll if I didn't sit up properly. Well, <laughs> things like that. So when when I was able to bust away from it, it was very it was very. Uh, mm-hmm was freedom. <laughs> right. And what was your mum's name? My mother's name was Linda. Right. And um, you remember, what was her maiden name? You remember her maiden name? Yes, her maiden name was McGurk. And what, so she was, she was uh, Australian or did she come across from overseas? No. Um, on both sides, we fourth, I'm fourth generation Australian. Right. And they, both families came from Ireland. From Ireland. Oh. Pete. Bog Irish. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They exported potatoes and you lot. <laughs> you realise the Irish were the were, were the uh, Islamic fundamentalists of the of Australia in your day. You're seen as uh, wild-eyed revolutionaries. That's right. Yeah, it's amazing when you look at the history because I've looked at a fair bit of that history. How the Irish were uh, not only treated, but how they were how, how they were, everybody was suspicious of them and. It's quite amazing. So, what uh, did your mum work at home, or did she do other work? My mother, when we were at uh, school, my mother didn't work. Right, right, right. So, and uh, I had a slight case of cerebral palsy. My mother was in and out of hospital all the time. Who had the cerebral palsy? Me. You. Yeah. Slight case of cerebral palsy. Well, how did that affect you as a child? 
<clears throat> well, I had a splint up my leg until I was about 12. Mm-hmm. I played football, I played sport, I swam. My mother encouraged me to do all these things. It'd be and, good to um, be play football for splinter on your leg. That would be a weapon, wouldn't no, it? No, that was after, that <laughs> that was was after I got rid of it. <laughs> right, right. And did you do, so what, you spent a lot of time at the Royal Children's Hospital, did you? Yes, I did. Right. And what, did you catch the tram down or...? Yes, we used to catch the tram down to um, the exhibition buildings and then walk through to the old children's hospital. Yeah, it'd be like a big outing, you and your mum. And, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was a special days, really. It probably was, too, yeah. yeah. special days. Cause Any day was special with my mother. Yeah. Why is that? Well, she was just a very caring person. They were, they were lovely people. Mm-hmm. And did they die? Uh, have they been dead for long, or...? My mother died in the 80s, mm. and uh, my father died in the 90s. In the 90s, right. He would have had, it would have been pretty difficult for him once mum died, wouldn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, it's very difficult. And he came, it's funny, he came, he came to our place to visit us for, for tea. Yeah. And he said, I'll do mine if I stay overnight. And 16 years later, the old bugger died, and we got... He left. He vacated so, the back roof. That's right. So then that was a delightful 16 years. And yeah, yeah. I'd have an argument with Josephine over yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't say anything to her. Yeah. And he'd say, listen, you bastard. Yeah. Don't you start on my best mate. Right. <laughs> well, obviously, he'd take the side of his daughter-in-law against his son. That's, that's right. obvious. She made, she cooked and so, you know, she looked after him. Not you. Well, you were too busy doing to union business. So when did you go to primary school? I went to Whale Street uh, Primary School in Thornbury. In Thornbury. Yeah. What was that like for a young boy with cerebral palsy? I went to Ura- Sorry, I went to Urala first for two years, right. and then I went to uh, Whale Street State School. And did you have the the split on when you? Yes, went? I did. And what was it like? How were you treated there? Oh, <coughs> well, actually, the kids in my street were quite nasty to me at first and I learnt to fight that way and right. uh, I learnt to beat them bloody all up mm. What do you mean they were nasty to you? Well they were they were because I had the splint mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. and also my parents I think had a a bit of a bad name because they were both members of the Communist Party Right, right. Well, we'll go into that later on So from primary school you went to to Northcote High School. Northcote High School. Mm. Wouldn't have been as trendy as it is today. Would it? it would have been just a normal working class school in those days, wouldn't it? Well, it was. It was the third best school in uh, the U- University High was the best. Melbourne High was the next, mm. and Northcote High was after that. How come they took you on board? I don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying to work that out. You must have been in the collection zone. That, I'm so. still trying to work that out. No, you had to sit for an exam. You sat for an exam. To go to Northcote High, and I still can't work out how I passed. But oh. anyway, I did. Oh, so that's I was good. Well, that's good. And, yeah. uh, what was that like? Um, I forget now. I, I Is that boring, week. was it? What was Northcote High School like? Yeah. Oh, oh, very good. Very good. I, yeah. I had quite a number of friends there, and um, right. uh, I played sport. Right. Um, I played football. Uh-huh. Uh, they, I, I, I never liked cricket, and... Uh, I used to go and play. No one wanted me on their side because I used to near fall asleep and the course of ball would come your way and I wouldn't catch it. Catch it. it. Oh, all right. <laughs> See, the poor boy got picked last. So. Yeah, yeah. You said, said your parents were members of the Communist Party. Do you remember yes. when, do you know when they joined? My father joined, was one of the, my father was one of the foundation, 
founding members. So it was a, a 26, a 1926 or 21? That's right. No, it's 25. 25, was, right. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's 25 it was, uh, it was formed. Yes. And uh, my mother joined it. My mother wasn't in the Communist Party. Right. My mother joined it the day that it was banned. She joined the <laughs> Communist Party. The day it was banned. The day it was banned, yes. Now, it was only banned for a short period of time, wasn't it? Yes. Because of the referendum. Yes. So, you wouldn't have known what was going on at that stage, would you? Or? Oh, <coughs> not altogether. I did. There was a lot of political discussion in my household mm. all my life. Right. Uh, my parents, m- most of their friends were members of people in the CPA and um, mm. or left-wing and uh, they wouldn't stand in the other. In the other. Let, I shouldn't say that, but no. they... they yeah. um, the, the, if their friends weren't in the Communist Party, they, they were sympathetic, I suppose. Yeah, and why do you think uh, your father joined, was a Foundation member? <laughs> well... Um, he was a uh, he was an activist in the trade union movement. Right. Um, he was uh, always fighting for for rights for ordinary people and, and standing mm. up and mm. and working for a better society. Right. Did did he ever go to Soviet Russia or? Uh, yes, he did. He went um, he went uh, in the late. 50s, I think. In the late 50s, yes. right. Was, that's uh, when Khrushchev was there, was it, or Stalin was still there? No, Stalin wasn't there. So um, Khrushchev. Khrushchev. Yeah. Um, did he talk about it when he came back? Oh, yeah, I think he was a little bit, I think he was impressed with um, what was over there. I, I, it's the same way. I've, I've myself been to the Soviet, I went to the Soviet Union, I went to the GDR, right. and... Um, I went to Hungary, and I've also I've had two trips to China. Right. Now, I'm not saying they're doing everything right, but I think things are a little bit better mm. in China than what they are here. Just, just I think they will eventually. Mm. I'm not saying they are, but I didn't see anyone begging on the streets there, mm. and I had a situation where I went around. I walked for a week, uh, and I mm. probably did about six to eight hour walks around the neighbourhood streets. Mm-hmm. We'll go back to that. So when you left high school, which you sat for an exam for, I assume you were ready for university entrance? Uh, no. I, well, um, what happened? My mother, want, my mother desperately wanted me to go to university. Right. <coughs> I, uh, I, I was shocking at maths. Right. And, and in those days... You had to pass maths and English. Right. And if you failed one of them, you were kept down. Right. So I failed in maths mm. in my fourth year, right. and I thought, bugger it, I'm not going back to school. Right. So I didn't go back after huge fights with my mother, right. arguments, mm-hmm. and uh, I went and got a job. So A job? Yes. As what? I worked in a post office. Oh, that's all right. And um, you weren't the telegram boy, were you? No, I no. was. I, I I got a job. Um, I was working behind the counter, actually. Really? Yes. Well, you so. couldn't add up. No, and they didn't no, have calculators. I <laughs> they didn't even have calculators in those no, days. I used to take my shoes and socks off. All oh, right, right. Oh, that makes sense. And how long did you last at the post office? Well, I lasted eight years. Eight years. Eight years. Same post office? Same post office? No, no different post post office. And um, why were you a fool? Well, steady employment. The the postmaster came out. I was working at St Kilda Post Office. Mm. I was booking the telegrams out 
and in I'd have the late lunch, yep. and the person who was a telegrapher would mm. take the early lunch. So just to explain so, what a telegrapher was. Well, he was a these youngsters listening wouldn't know. <laughs> That's right. It's true. They wouldn't. No. Uh, it's a typewriter that um, was connected to uh, an old typewriter who was connected to the. Um, the line. The line. Yeah. And it used to, they used to send telegrams that way. And I used to put the kids out with telegrams. Mm. And the postmaster came in going crook at one of the kids. Mm. And the kid did nothing. And I told the, told the postmaster, I said, um, I haven't complained about him, have I? And he yeah. said, no. I said, we've got plenty of work here. He'd get out. Uh, I didn't like him. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I... I, I uh, <laughs> I had to go out inside the post office to pick up some paperwork uh-huh. to bring back into the telegraphy office because it, it was out yeah. back. And uh, I walked in and he had a shot at me. What do you and mean? I said to he him... He shot at you again? Yeah, yeah, he started on me Oh, again. he started verbally, verbally. Uh, yeah, verbally. Oh, good. And good. I'm glad I you clarified said, that. I said, I said, don't you call my mother a slut. He didn't say anything. Right. And I smacked him. I nearly knocked him out. Mm-hmm. Now, I went straight upstairs. The district inspector's office was upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I said he called my mother a slut. Yeah. And I hit him. And I know it's a sack of all offence. Well, yeah. they transferred me to Black Rock Post Office. Right. And six months later, they took me back there. Well, for six months, I took him. And then I finished up, I threw it in. Right. And I shouldn't have. I, I would have played him on a break today. He could have got four or five million by being the head of the PMG. Oh, yeah. You know. I would have. If, you could have worked your way out. If I had have been working there today, mate, right. I would have played him on a break. I would have had him pulling his hair out. Would you? Yeah. So, what'd you, so here you are, eight years in the post office, new career. What did you decide? Well, I finished up. I went to the, I went to the gas and fuel. And I worked in the stores department there for... 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. This is not going to be an exciting interview, uh, Ken. 30 years in the store department. No, the well, I, be- I became very active in the, in the union. What union? Um, the, it was a union called the Federated Gas Employees Union. It was a right-wing union. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked in the union and um, just at the, at the end of my days as a gas and fuel, mm. uh, it was coming very much so to the left. So, but it didn't. Uh, they finished up um, the federal secretary. <coughs> I made it impossible for the union. We wanted to amalgamate with the plumbers union, right? And uh, and um, it uh, and it made sense to do that. And um, the uh, the union wanted to amalgamate with the. AWU, well, I didn't want that, and uh, I made it impossible for them to uh, amalgamate with the AWU. Uh, I was vice president at that time. I finished up president, but Mm -hmm. uh, I made it impossible, and I (coughs) didn't see what was coming. They amalgamated with the transport worker union. Right, right. And And you you were the vice president? Yeah, well, I was the president. For president. You were the president. president. I was the president. Now, you were the president, but you didn't know they were going to amalgamate the transport workers. Oh, no, they, they were doing, the, there was New South Wales, oh, right. New South Wales and um, mm. South Australia, right. um, a bloke by the name of Moriarty, who yeah. I thought was a good bloke, who yeah. was quite left wing, mm. and uh, he finished up, he read it on well, the end. Do you only think, think left wing people are good people? No, that's not. I mean, the way you're talking, you know. 
Well, anyway. Anyway. All right, let's go back. Now, I've met your wife, Josephine, a wonderful human being who's been sacrificed, <laughs> I think, on the altar of, you know, being with you for so long. But wouldn't you meet Josephine? Well, I love jazz. Right. And, um, and so does Josephine. Mm. Dixieland and Trad and, mm. and big bands. White man's jazz with big band music. Right. And, um, and folk music. Right. And, um, we both used to go to a place called Frank Trainers. Right. You'd know that one, wouldn't you, Dale? Being a musician, you'd, what was it again? Frank Trainers. You would have heard of that, wouldn't you? Um, I must admit, I'm not great, I'm not great on Dixieland. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Trad? <laughs> But anyway, Frank Frank Trainer had, had a jazz fifties. No, 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 no. This is the uh, early sixties. Early sixties, right? And um, Frank Trainer had a jazz band called the um, the, the uh, Jazz Preachers, yeah. and um, and they had folk music, and uh, there was oh, quite a number. Margaret Roadnight. You started off at um, right. Frank Trainer. Yes, yeah, she was here in the studio a few weeks ago, and she, I remember her. T- Talking about that, yeah. And um, so she started off there, and anyway, um, there was other, an English bloke called Martin Wyndham Reed. Uh, he sang a lot of English folk music. But, and there was another bloke called Brian Mooney, no relation. Mm. And Brian sang Irish folk music mm. um, and uh, Australian. And, and Martin Wyndham Reed sang Australian folk songs. And um, David Lumsden. Uh, if you remember David Lumsden, I'm not he that old. Played a banjo and uh, a guitar, the same as Pete Seeger, and he's similar to Pete Seeger. And mm. um, so it was pretty progressive. And um, mm. so I met Josephine there, mm. Mm. and um, she was living in a place. I'll tell. I've got to, got to tell you this That's story. Right. She we, she was living in South Yarra with a with a group of friends, mm-hmm. and. Um, they, um, Which would have been quite radical in those shared days. Shared house. Uh, being a shared house, that would have been radical in the early 60s. Yes. yes. Anyway, um, Josephine no, Josephine brought me home. and um, You didn't bring her home, she brought you no, home. No, she brought me home to her place oh, and uh, I didn't know who she was living with. I didn't have a clue and I mm. walked in the door mm. and the voice said... Thank Christ, it's the first time you've brought a man home. So right. there you go. Yeah. Right. And that was an old mate of mine, Johnny Hopwood, and his nickname was Ice Cream. Oh, right. He used to work for Peter's Ice That's Cream. Right. Right. So, so how did you spend 30 years in a bloody storeroom? Well, um, I mean, people don't, can't, can't even envisage that, being the same job for 30 years. Well... I, I didn't. I, my workmates were fantastic, right. um, and, and most people in the gas and fuel were right. pretty good people to work with. This is when it was a public entity. Is that yes, yeah. that's right. Oh, yeah. exactly. And it used to give the government one and a half million dollars a day, a, a year or a day. No, a, a day. A day. A day. That's a lot of money for those days. And uh, um, it. Uh, I'm not talking about when I first started in the nineties. Right. Um, yeah. It gave it one and a half million dollars a day. It was privatised. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh, well, um, <coughs> I uh, I became a shop steward in the stores department. I was right. on the management committee, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I remember 
when I first became shop steward, I uh, went up to the store superintendent and mm-hmm. I said to him, could we have a discussion? <laughs> and he said, no. And I said, that's fine. Yeah. I said, no worries. <laughs> and I went downstairs mm-hmm. and there was 80, it was in the main stores department of the gas and fuel mm-hmm. and there was 80, 80 storemen. Mm-hmm. And I pulled them all out mm-hmm. and I said, I want you to trust me. Mm-hmm. I want you to walk. I want you to walk. We're going to have a 24-hour stoppage. I don't want to tell you here why mm. we're doing it. Right. I'll tell you when we get across the road. Yeah. I said, if you have a look around, all the, all the bosses are standing around mm. and their ears are flapping. Look, look at them. Mm. And um, anyway, they walked. <laughs> as we walked out, I'll never forget it, as we walked out past the boss's office, mm. Ron said to me, Ken, I'll discuss it now with you. <laughs> and I said, get stuff. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9.30. Right. And we walked. Right. And the blokes accepted. So you realise that today that would be considered an illegal act, a wildcat strike, and your members could be, be fined $10,000? That's how the laws have changed. Well, I know that. Mm. But... No, no, I'm just saying, isn't it extraordinary? You took took the fact that you had the right to bargain by withdrawing your labour as an innately Australian right. That's right. And now today, 30 years later, the only right you have to strike is during an enterprise bargaining period after the Fair Work Commission has agreed to it and anything else is considered to be a wildcat. That's right. And people can be fined $10,000 a day individually yes. for withdrawing their labour. And we say we live in a free society. Yeah, very free. Uh, uh. Well, the thing is, I think today, I think there's always other ways to skin a cat. Mm. And um, we've just got people who are working within the trade union movement now have got to work that out. And... Um, find ways of doing, I mean, working, go slow strikes and uh, yeah. not actually telling the boss, you just do it. Mm. Yeah, I think the only way they're doing now is they're getting involved in political campaigns at election time or before election. Look, it's 4.30, this is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. This program is podcast, you can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. I'm uh, having a little discussion Unlike his uh, supervisor with Mr. Ken Mooney, and that means you won't be walking out before five. Is that right, Ken? That's correct. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> Even if you're rude to me. <laughs> Ken, Ken, I'm happy to be rude to you on Talk Back With Attitude, <laughs> but not on Radical Australia because you could do what you did to the postmaster to me. I'd never do that. And I reckon you, you could still, looking at your hands, I reckon you could still land a good punch, Ken. <laughs> Now, going, going back, now you're telling me you went to all these weird places. The German, German Democratic Republic, China, when it was a communist state, the uh, Soviet Union, and a few other places. Were you in, involved in some type of political organisation? Well, I was a member of the Eureka Youth League. The Eureka uh, Youth League? I was a member of the Eureka Youth League. It wasn't that an offshoot of the Communist Party? I was just about to say that, right. yes, it was. And also I was a member of the CPA. I'm not a member of any party now, but... <coughs> when, when did you join the Communist Party of Australia? I, uh, oh, good grief. Uh, 
I was 18. 18. When I joined the Communist Party. Right. So I was going back a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was joined the Iraqi Youth League. I was 15 years old. 15. A little bit like joining the Scouts, isn't it? No. No. I... As I said, I come from a political family. Well, and, in 59, and, um, you would have joined the Eureka Youth League. In 62, you would have joined the Communist well, Party. Well, I, I can remember the Eureka Youth League were the first people who uh, demonstrated against conscription. That's right. From, Viet, from Vietnam. Yeah. And we marched in a very historical day which was um, eight of the eight-hour day. Right. And uh, we, we, we got into the Moomba March mm. with placards. Right. And we marched, and the coppers threw us out, and they were quite brutal. Mm. Mm. Oh. And we had a lot of people yelling out to protect us at the site. It was quite... And so that was my first... Um, uh, Right. I mean, look, I went to demonstrations when I was a kid, but that was the first one that was a bit brutal. Right, right. So how long were you in the Communist Party for? Oh. Were you there till it dissolved, or did you leave before it dissolved? No, I left before it dissolved. I, um... And you remember what year or what decade? Oh, it was last... The last... It was... Last century, obviously. Last century. Okay. Is there any particular reason why you left the Communist Party? Well, I uh, I didn't agree with some of the ways they were going, right. um, and uh, so I so I left. Mm-hmm. What particular things were annoying you? Well, they were they were anti um, they were anti uh, uh, they were anti Soviet Union. Completely came very anti, and I mm. wasn't, mm. and. Um, mm. Uh, look, I'm not saying that they were doing everything right. No. The thing is that, uh, and I had disagreements with them. And I've got so, no so your disagreement was on, was on, on the, was on the fact that they were too authoritarian. Your disagreement was that they weren't authoritarian enough. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. no, no. no. What was I'm your disagreement there? Well, well, I mean, you were there for the Soviet Union. They weren't. No, I was there. F- I, no, I wasn't there for the Soviet Union. No, but it was one of the I was there. Do. I was there because I thought that uh, right. working in a progressive party right. and would be good for the people mm. of Australia mm. because I believe that uh, the system. We and I've got no doubt mm. that you and I wouldn't have any disagreement. The system we live under now stinks, mm. and things have got to change. Mm. Let's just go back a little step because remember I'm asking the questions, Ken. So let's go back <laughs> a little step. I mean, you don't leave an organisation you've been in for thirty or forty <coughs> years just on a whim. Well, I wasn't in it for thirty or forty years. I um, so when did you leave? I probably left oh, about nineteen sixty, sixty-eight, seventy. So about 68. Did you leave because what was happening in Europe in 68 or did you leave for other reasons? No, I left, I left for other reasons. I thought that, thought the CPA was too narrow-minded. Right, okay. Alright, now going back, when did you go to the German Democratic Republic? I went to the German Democratic Republic in, in 1973. Right. And I went there in 19, 
Josephine and I did a right. European trip and we went there in uh, right. 81. 81. So when you went in 73, did you go on behalf of somebody or you just on your <coughs> own steam? I, I went, I was a delegate to the right. 10th World Youth Festival. 73, you wouldn't have been. Yes, I know. I you just would have been in. a bit old. Yeah, I just come got on, in, come I just, on. You're born in 44. I just got in by the skin of my teeth. So what, you would have been 20, what, 29? Mm. Yeah, well, I just you, got you, in by the skin of my teeth. They did have those youth festivals. I've seen mm. a lot of photos of these youth festivals. So, yeah. so I went there, on. Been, there wouldn't have been many Australians there, would there? Oh, no, we, we, we had a, a delegation of... Um, uh, ten, I think. Ten. What? Ten, ten. Yeah, ten. And, and when you came back, did you get held up in customs? No? No. But the person I was with, the person who led the delegation, that was his second or third time he'd been over, he, he got, um, oh, he no. got poorly. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. You didn't. No. no. Alright. And, uh. But I look too honest. Right. Well, you do. You look like somebody's grandfather at the minute, you know. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, well... And you've got most of your hair, which is a, which is a positive at your age. Oh, there's a little... Yeah, well, it, luckily it's radio. So, going... And when did you go to China? Sorry? When was the first time you went to China? First time I went to China was in uh, 2007. Oh, right, so it was after... And then the second time I went was 2009. Oh, well, that doesn't really matter. And how about the Soviet Union? Sorry? I said it doesn't really matter because you just went as a bloody tourist, 2007, no, 2009. I, I, I went over, um, I led a, uh, a friend and myself, we led a, um, a trade union delegation over to... A trade union delegation. Yeah, there was uh, about four or five unions that went over. Do, and do they have trade unions in China? Oh, yes, they do. Oh. Of course they do. Oh, well, tell us about it. Well, there's a... I, I didn't meet with. Um, I, I met with equivalent to the ACTU, and right. uh, we we um, we met with uh, different trade unions. We went into a couple of places, and uh, I'm not saying they're doing things right. No, no, I'm not saying. But what I'm saying is no. that I couldn't see anyone starving. I right. couldn't see. There was people normally walking down the street, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. the thing is that. I'm not saying they're doing everything right, but yeah. we've got to change what we're doing here. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you would have gone in a period where things were much more liberal. I remember when I went there in initially in 1986 or 87, we had foreigners were very unusual, and we had hundreds of people following us. Not because we were being followed, they were just intrigued. You must have been good looking, man. <laughs> no, I think we looked a bit different. The group I was with was a bit different to what they would normally say. So, and the Soviet Union, when did you go there? In uh, 1973. Well, that would have been interesting in 73. It was quite interesting. What What did you find when you got there? Did you well, go as a part of a delegation or as a private visit? Well, it was, a, it was, it was, I went over as a delegation. Right. And um, as I said, I went over... <laughs> so it's GDR and, and the yeah, same, that was was the same the trip. Festival. Right, right. Well... What I could see was um, that uh, things, what they were telling us over here, right. what was happening over there, wasn't 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 true. Mm-hmm. And as again, I say, and I don't like repeating repeating myself. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're not doing everything right. You, it doesn't matter what you do. If you and I created a society tomorrow, 
Mm. We'd still make mistakes because without your mistakes, you don't know. Right. So what what other political activities were you involved in after you left the Communist Party? Well... Uh, my wife and I shifted to um, to Kensington. Right. We uh, each time we'd save for a house, something had happened because I married a. a I'm my wife's second husband. Right. And um, we had a I had a ready-made family who they, they're my kids. Yeah, yeah. And um, I love I love the two of them, and right. uh, I, we finished up with four. Right. And. Um, Ah, uh, by God, I'm going off my rocker. <laughs> no, 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 he just told us you've got four kids. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. And um, we shifted to Kensington. Right. Because we just get a nearer deposit for a house and something would go wrong. Right, right. So we went to Kensington. Right. And um, living in a housing commission flat, I decided that they needed, that we needed an organisation. Right. So. Now let's get, let's go back two steps. Now this is interesting, isn't it? Housing Commission flats and units were available not just to people in desperate circumstances, but people on low incomes who couldn't buy into the market. Is that's, that, that's correct. And that was that was the whole concept of that's building. Right. And at one stage, about fifteen percent of Victorians lived in Housing Commission. That's units. correct. Now it's three percent. That's correct. Yeah. So we 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 I got a um, a leaflet out, mm. uh, and I can. I, can't, I can't remember what, what, what we actually said on it. Right. Um, but the main thing was don't be scared of the Housing Commission. Come to a meeting right. at such and such. And it was in Kensington and I got the, uh, the Catholic Church gave us their hall. Right. And, uh, I letterboxed Kensington, Flemington, Carlton, South Melbourne, yep. Collingwood, yep. and, um, I uh, conned a company to do it for me. I told them I'd do a couple of things for them, and I didn't. But anyway, that's right, beside the point. Yes. And um, so then we had that meeting. And, and what, what was what was the? Why did you call the meeting? What did you want to do? So we could form an organisation, right, to stand up for our rights. So you wanted you wanted to form a, an organisation for housing commission tenants. That's correct. And what did you eventually call it? We called ourselves the Housing Commission Tenants Union. Right. And what year was that formed in? That was in um, 19, 1970. And you initiated that? Yes. Um, three people came out, out of, or three of us came out of that, a bloke by the name of Pat Tomalty right. and another bloke called Arthur Ring, and we worked together right. to, um, to build the Housing Mission Tenants Union. And what, was, and, what, and what did the Tenants Union hope to achieve? Well, we wanted to have uh, um, proper maintenance, That no one could be evicted. Uh Out there was discussion on what had happened if someone was being evicted, that the tenant union would be involved. That the tenant union was involved in day to day living, and we had a right to have a say what how we were living. And and this was and this this was a uh, the tenants union was a voluntary organisation. Obviously, you didn't get government support or government grants like you did today. No. No. So you weren't, you didn't have to bark when they told you to bark. No, no. A matter of fact, I'll tell you, I'm quite proud of it actually. When we had the first meeting, mm. the minister was Vance Dickey. And. That's m- the Bolter Euro, is it? Yes. Yep, yep. And, um, Vance Dickey had a desk 
as big as this studio. The desk. Yeah. I like it. You. I like I like it. <laughs> I like the man. He was <laughs> he was sitting behind that desk and he wouldn't let us say anything. Right. And I got up and we took a politician along with it, it was Barry Jones. Oh God. And um he wouldn't get a word in. Anyway <laughs> anyway I said to Vance Dickey, yeah. we've come, he was telling me to be quiet. Yeah. And I said, we've come here to tell you, not you tell us. Right. And I stood up and I've got my fists, got them together. And I remember I leaned over his table and I hit it as hard as I could. Right. And everything jumped up in the air and jumped you and fell down. You'd be arrested as a terrorist. And um, <laughs> anyway, uh, he stopped and listened. So, yeah, yeah. That's the difference, isn't it? Yes, it is. He stopped and listened. He stopped and listened. Today you wouldn't even get an appointment. No. But what you've got to do is go and take over their offices and... Yeah, but you've got to get in today. You can't even get in. Yeah, but you can get, you can walk into the foyer, can't you? Not, not even that anymore. No. You'd be amazed. Ken, time has kind of rushed by you, mate. Those days are gone. You can't when walk... You, when, you had, when you had interaction with people... Those days you ago. can't walk into the foyer. You can't in many places. You've got to have a little tag. Well, there's always other ways to skin a cat. Well, maybe. So what, long and short of it is, what did, what did the tenant union do? <coughs> well, it stopped people from being evicted out. It right. Stopped, um, it had maintenance done. Right. Uh, we, had, um, we had a say in what was happening. What, an official say at the table? Yes. That's yes. Right. And uh, is it still going? The tenant union's going, but it's not doing the right thing by its people because what? it's being run by the government. They've accepted money. Right. Well, that's right. They're all. It's. It's. I find it quite extraordinary because being involved. Well, being the co-convener of the Defend and Extend Public Housing Group, I find it quite extraordinary that uh, the tenants union is throwing their support be- behind community and social housing. Well, what because that's not public housing. <coughs> no, <coughs> excuse me, and it's what you call, I'd say they've ratted on the people who live in the housing commission flats. Uh, they've got their own bureaucracy and their own wages and it's no longer a voluntary well, organisation. Nobody got paid yeah. when we were running it. And a right. matter of fact, um, the <coughs> we did it through the uh, through different churches. Right. And um, different churches were helping us. Yeah. And... Um, yeah. Uh, we had the whole room, uh, a whole floor at uh, the Brotherhood of St Lawrence. Right. And um, I forget the bloke's name who was running it, yeah. but he was—he had our sort of politics. Yeah. And um, he was very, very good. He said to me, Ken, you can have the whole floor. So we had meetings there. We were able to do a lot of things. things there. And that was free of charge, obviously. And that was free of charge. Right. All right. Let's, now, Ken, are you religiously inclined? Not really, no. Do you believe in God? I don't know whether there's one there or not. I don't I don't think so. You don't think so? No. No. All right. Okay. So when did you retire? <coughs> when? I mean, from work, paid work, not from activism. Well, <coughs> I retired, I got tenanted. Tenanted? Yes. All right. You got privatised? Yes. And booted out? So that was in the early 90s, and then I got... Conned into going into a group called Public First, which was right. <coughs> fighting. We did a good job, didn't we? We were fighting yeah, but that wasn't the privatisation of everything. That's right, and you lost on every count. We lost. Yeah, but going back to that, did you do any more paid employment after that? You were a candidate. 
I said to my wife <coughs> that the bastards have got rid of us yep. and I'm never going to work again, so I never did. You never did. How, no. did you, how did you survive? Well, I was, uh, I got a slight case of cerebral palsy. I, uh, oh, right, right. Good work. But now you're, not, now you're just a dinky, old age pensioner. That's right. Did you ever leave the Housing Commission unit, you and your wife and kids? Yes. Um, we, 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 we got a, we got a house in, um, in Sunshine and, right. uh, the, to buy and yeah. we, we bought that house and we own that house now. Right. Now that, that's interesting, isn't it? That you could move, in those days, the housing prices weren't ridiculous. You could move from a housing commission unit into your own home. That's right. And we bought the house. We paid um, 21000 for 21000 You were ripped off, mate. 21000 right. for the housing sunshine. What year was that? That was in 1974. Uh, 21000 Yes. And even then, wages would be about 150 a week then? Something like that. I can't remember that. I mean, I remember the old adage would be that is if, you, if one working person in a household worked for seven years, not only would they be able to look after the household, they would actually be able to buy their own house in that period of time. That's right. So how long did it take you to buy? Oh, we, we've owned the house for about ten years now. Right, right. So you took a fair while paying that $21,000 debt. Right, that's right, but it wasn't, yeah. wasn't a lot of money going. It was $110 a, a, week. a, a month. A month. A that month. was your mortgage. That's right. $110 a month. A month. And that's then the, when I finished work, I just paid the whole thing out. Right, right. So how have you filled in your time since the mid-90s? Well, <clears throat> I've been an activist in the area. But, see, I always have. When we were shifted to the western suburbs, I go to the... the Great Hamer government was going to shift all the noxious trade in Victoria and cattle yards right. into the western suburbs. Well, I'd support that. And Where uh, else would you shift well, it? You weren't going to shift it into the well, Bayside suburbs well, or Turak, were you? Well, what I do you think? What do you think? I would have. You yeah, know, it's funny. The air goes from Sunshine to Turak. Really? So, yes. And <laughs> which is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And, but so you've under- been designated as a noxious, toxic area. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we had... Um, we we started up a group called the Sunshine Action Group, right? And um, we uh, we fought them for ten years, right. and uh, eventually, uh, when we got a Labor government, uh, Evan Walker was the first minister, environmental minister. He said he rang me up at home and he said, "Ken, can we meet?" Right. And we didn't. That's when things started. We had a demonstration. We we, we went around. We went to court, we did all sorts of things, right. and um, it was very, very, very busy. And we got $20 from each house, right. and um, we knocked on every door. Right. And um, we <laughs> we finished up, we had a demo, right. and Jimmy Cairns was our Member of Parliament. Right. And, um, Jim Cairns. Jim Cairns. Right. And um, we... We had this demo, and I thought, oh, we might get a thousand, we might get nine hundred. Right. And we met on the paddocks, right, uh, at the corner of a road called Glengala Road and Fitzgerald's Road, where there was all paddocks, they're all houses. Well, now. it was in those days, yeah. And um, yeah. ten thousand people turned up. Didn't they want this suburb to be a toxic waste dump? That's correct. Well, from from the beginning of the end of sunshine, right. 
Tarpus Crossing would have yeah. been all noxious strain. Right, right. So Timmy Can said to me, you'll march proud, won't you? And I said, no, I won't. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to float. <laughs> and uh, so and it wasn't me that did it. It was no. the people that did it. And that's what you've got to do. Right. You've got to do your homework properly. Right. And how, how much... How important is door knocking in this type of activism? Extremely important. Because you've got to let people, you've got to have meetings all the time. Right. You've got to show that you're intelligent. Right. I brought my wife with me, so I knew the <laughs> comment you were going to make. No, 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 I would, would never, never insult your intelligence. Maybe, maybe the, uh, your strategy, but never your intelligence. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, so, the people. So door knocking, door meetings, knocking. keep people informed. Yes. Leafleting. Um, leafleting and talking to people all the time. Right, about that particular issue. Yes, whatever issues you're on, yes. Right, right. Okay. And that's what you've got to do. And they do it, not me. Right, right. And I'm, not, I'm no longer, for, for nearly 40 years, I was president of the Sunshine Action Group. Right. I've resigned, right. not from the group, but I've resigned and young people have taken my place and right. they're doing a pretty good job. So why would you need a Sunshine Action Group today? Well, councils mightn't fi- fix up potholes and they right. mightn't do certain things. Uh, so in your suburb... We fought over parks. We recently yeah. had... The, 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 when we had a dictatorship there, we've just got a council back. And the um, council... Let's go back one step. What do you mean a dictatorship? Was your council removed? By the yes, it was. Why? Well, I don't know what they did, but they were sacked. They were sacked. They were sacked under a Labor government, so it must have been pretty naughty. And then the, I don't know what then, they and did. And then what? Then administrators were appointed. That's correct. They're the dictators. That's right. right. And they okay. were going to sell off 28 parks. Right. Well, why would you need parks in Sunshine? That's right. That's it's, an, right. it's an ageing suburb. That's right. Yeah, but there's younger people coming in. Yeah, it is. Yeah. See, life's a circle. Yeah. And um, the, when I was a kid in Thornbury, there was a lot of young kid but when I grew up they were all old people yeah. and then it started again yeah. so that's the same thing that's happening here right. so if so the Sunshine Action Group is is a group which basically looks after the people of Sunshine and acts as a voice for the people that's of, correct the residents of Sunshine that's, that's exactly right that's, that's all it does that's right and is it government funded no no so it's a volunteer group. It's a volunteer group. And you believe that over the last 40 years it's been relatively successful in I think a lot of issues? I think we've been very successful and I think the people of um, Sunshine, if I won, if I won uh, 20 million, yeah. I wouldn't leave Sunshine. You wouldn't leave Sunshine? No, I, I think people there are outstanding. Is your name Dale Corrigan? <laughs> no, I don't think so. You don't think so, but you wouldn't leave Sunshine? No. And, um, well, that's where your roots are. That's where you put all your life in. That's right. That's that's right. That's where that's where they say, "Well, that's Ken Mooney." Oh, I don't. That's the people. It's not Ken Mooney. Right. People, but, but, but the people would recognise you. Oh yes, I mean. Well, people, I don't know. These I walk days. down the street and people say hello to me, and I say, "Oh, where where have I seen them before?" Oh. Which I shouldn't, but they yeah. seem to know me, so that yeah. happens. All right. So you were quite involved in this little park dispute near your place, weren't you? Yes, I certainly was. And how did that go? Well, we saved every park. Every park? Every park. There's right. not one park they got rid of. Right, right. They didn't privatise one park. No. no. And again, if you had, well, your organisation had arced up, every one of those parks would have been privatised. Yes. 
and that's that's what people need to understand that if nobody <coughs> does anything, people the government does what it wants. That's right. So therefore, you've got to be active in your area all the time. You've got to look what's happening out and and, and look out the window, sort of, mm. and and that's what you've got to do. You've got to know what's happening in your patch. Right. Now, have you got any um, advice for the coming generations, young people? I mean, you and I are basically at the end of our lifespan, you know. If we're lucky, we can get another ten years. But, but uh, you got any advice? Well, I do. Make sure you know what you're doing, and stand up for your rights. What rights? The rights that you got. That well. Your rights to be in a trade union movement, your rights to stand up against what society is doing to you. Right, right. And you think that's important? Oh, it's extremely important because if you if 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 you don't stand up for yourself, one day you'll be completely run over. Well, you don't think the church will stand up for you, the government, the the the. the, the you, you don't think those people are going to stand up for you, mate? <coughs> well, you've got to you've got to organise, right. and some look, some churches do. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know. Uh, uh, I, I've known some some blokes with their collars turned back the front that have been quite progressive, right. and um, they're excellent people. So, do you think there's any interest among younger people in, in carrying on these campaigns, or do you think they they kind of addicted to the net? Well, it looks as though they're addicted to the net, doesn't it? Well, it does, doesn't but it? But the thing is, I say to um, young people around us that uh, you've got to stand and this is the only way to do it you don't win things on the net you win things with your feet on the ground and and walking and knocking on doors because that's been the thing that I found fascinating in the last 15 years since the mid 90s in old 20 years since the net's taken hold of people that you get less and less people being active on the ground it is much more difficult to organise these days in the past because you don't need to talk to your neighbour because you've got friends on the other part, side of the world you don't need to be part of a community because your whole community is in your little in your screen and it's quite atomising it's quite I find it quite distressing to be honest well I think it is too because you've got to know your next door neighbour and you've got to know the neighbour up the street because if something happens that they want to do something the council wants to do something and stand together right. and, and um, protect your neighbourhood right. a parting word Kenneth well as John Cummins used to say dare to struggle dare to win you don't fight you lose right all right, thank you, Mr. Ken Moody, for coming in. Thank you, Joe. And don't expect me to be polite to you when you ring talk back with attitude, but uh, all I can say is it's been a pleasure talking to you, and hopefully people have uh, you know, gotten something out of the interview. I'm sure the three people that listen to Radical Australia will, will have, will have uh, enjoyed it. Thank you once again for listening to the Radical Australia Community Radio 3CR. Thank you, Dale Bridge, for doing all the work. Thank you. Thank you, Ken, for coming in, and, and hopefully you, we'll see you around the, around the traps. All you the best. Will. All the best. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed The poor stay poor, the rich get rich and sick
how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows that the boat is leaking Everybody knows the captain lied Everybody got this broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates and a long stem rose 